It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And now it's very interesting because although California does a lot of stuff wrong, they may be getting it right in terms of psychedelics and psychotherapy, which this marriage may be one of the profound societal breakthroughs that helps heal things like post-traumatic stress disorder, which so many people suffer from and many of whom are undiagnosed. Uh, traditional therapies and treatments have failed so many people who suffer from PTSD, uh, not to mention substance abuse, various forms of depression and anxiety. And, you know, they've tried pills, they've tried therapy, they've tried electroshock therapy, uh, any number of traditional means. And when you have exhausted all of those, it really just exacerbates the conditions that you are trying to treat. And for years, uh, there have been therapists and researchers who have been extolling the virtues of certain psychedelics that when used in conjunction with psychotherapy offer some of the most profound treatment and healing that we have seen. And my question for years has been, why is it taking so long to get this treatment to adults who are in pain, people who are suffering. And in the case of many veterans who return from combat, they end up being so exhausted and abandoned by the VA that many of them end up succumbing and taking their own lives. And that is unconscionable. Uh, We should not have a government or a society who allows that when we know we have these incredible tools that are there that could offer real help. We talked about it a few times on this podcast, but as we are getting closer to legalization of some of these psychedelics, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts and the practicality of how this actually works. So getting back to California, there is a bill that has passed the Senate and the Assembly there that's headed to the governor's desk. Now, here's the problem, because um, Governor Newsom may be in moderate triangulation mode and he may be shying away from signing a bill like this into law for fear that, you know, this legislation will get wrapped up and amplified as reefer madness, which it is not. We are not talking about legalizing party drugs and putting ecstasy in vending machines for middle school children. We are talking about adults uh, who have been failed by various medical and psychiatric systems who have a real tool and real help at their doorstep. California is just waiting for the governor to fully fling the door open so people can finally walk through and get the treatment that they need and deserve. So to walk us through how this will work I've invited uh, the co-founders of the California Center for Psychedelic Therapy, Dr. Cole Marta and Brooke Balliette. Uh, welcome to Kennedy Saves the World. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. Um, so, Dr. Marta, tell me about 
if I have been diagnosed with PTSD, if I have been suffering, I'm scared to try this. Like, I'm scared that if I put something in my body, I'm going to lose control of my mind. If, if I walk right. into your office, how, how, does, how does it go? What is the process? Well, right now, you know, nothing happens because um, for PTSD, MDMA is not currently available. Um, there are some other substances that are um, considered psychedelics that are medically available, like ketamine. But for now... Um, in order to get MDMA-assisted psychotherapy for PTSD, uh, you'd have to be involved in one of the clinical trials. And I know, um, I know that we're pretty far into um, the FDA-approved clinical trials. And is it uh, is it phase three? Yes. So right now, phase three trials are wrapping up. Um, there have been two phase three trials, which is sort of the last step before the FDA reviews it for final sort of. Uh, judgment on whether or not this can be considered a medicine or not. And um, the first trial was done and published last year, um, or two years ago now. And the second trial is uh, also concluded and the data is being, you know, uh, cleaned up and ready to present to the FDA as we speak. So, And, and what are you hearing very, about that data? Very, very promising, you know. Um, I've been working with veterans, working with PTSD since 2011. Um, I, I actually worked in the VA for my psych psychiatry training. Uh, so for four years, 80% of my caseload uh, were veterans with PTSD. Um, and, you know, our, our, our tools were absolutely very, very limited. You know, we have, there are two FDA approved SSRIs or traditional antidepressants um, for PTSD. And the what we call the effect size, the, the amount of change that we see with those, even in the trials that showed those to be helpful, how helpful they are is pretty small. Like it's better than placebo, but it's not, you know, it's not getting people into a fully functional place in, for the most part. Um, the, the MDMA assisted psychotherapy trials, you know, assuming that, the, that the, what's been published is uh, reliable, has been very exciting. You know, the effect size is enormous and the response rates are really, really high, meaning a lot of people are um, demonstrating a change in their PTSD severity and, and demonstrating large changes in their PTSD severity. So let's say MDMA gets FDA approval for um, a psychotherapeutic setting. What sort yeah. of hurdles do you have to overcome after that in order to implement more treatment? Um, assuming it gets uh, FDA approved? I can speak to that. Yes, Brooke. Yeah. So, so tell me I about that, that because right now, yeah. is it illegal? How is it scheduled? Does it go state by yeah, state? Or will we see it like we see cannabis laws in this country? Right. right. So, so it's currently Schedule 1, which means it has, um, ironically, compared to what we're finding in the trials, high abuse potential and no medical use. And so that's why we're conducting all of these trials is to, is to, to show in a scientific method that that's not the case. We have that data now. Our second study, second phase three study paper was just published this week, actually, in Nature Journal. Um, and so now all of that data gets submitted to the FDA in what's called a new drug application so that that can be reviewed by the FDA and determine where if it's if it 
land somewhere different on the schedule. So maybe schedule two, maybe schedule three, where it could be prescribable. Um, if that were to happen, then the implementation becomes the biggest barrier. And I think there's two areas of implementation that societies across the nation and, you know, each region, each state, each uh, municipality will have to make uh, policy and decisions within themselves. We're talking about the FDA approving this as a medicine that can be prescribable. And then the two areas that I think will be tricky for access for people are the um, training of therapists and providers. So having people ready after decades, really since the early 80s, this hasn't been able to be used in a medical setting. It's been totally illegal outside of very limited cl clinical trials. And so we're having to train up masses of doctors who are willing and able to prescribe it and therapists who are willing to sit because this drug has been studied alongside psychotherapy, not independently without psychotherapy. So we don't actually know what would happen if people were given the drug by a doctor and not provided the therapy that was provided in the trials. I think and I know they, they would start wearing yeah. uh, glow stick necklaces and very wide <laughs> pants. Yeah. And that, you know, it's that's that's a funny point, because, you know, sometimes we joke, we wish that people just taking MDMA made PTSD go away. But there are legions of people at raves and in the nightlife scene all over the world who have been doing this and, and it's not healing their PTSD. So there must be something else that's happening. In no, the I mean, and, and that's what's therapy. so fascinating about how the brain is responding to this and how the psychotherapy is such a necessary part of it. And, you know, just right. from what I've read, the therapist really has to get to know the the patient and the trauma and and really get like a three-dimensional sense of what is going on with this because you know it's only through that that the therapist is able to guide the patient and allow them to access their psyche and their trauma which is something you just can't do by yourself it's like you know, trying to get pregnant through masturbation Right. right. A, a big part of right. PTSD yeah. is a violation of trust. And so um, it makes sense that part of the healing would be providing an environment and a medicine that supports a trust building experience. Don't go anywhere. More Kennedy saves the world right after this. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. How many sessions, Dr. Marta, does someone have to go through with, with a trained psychotherapist before they start the MDMA? So the current protocol used in the trials is that there are like three preparatory sessions, three 90-minute preparatory sessions with a pair of therapists. In that, you, you're establishing like a relationship with the patient. You're getting to know their trauma, getting to know them as a person, then getting to know the therapists, developing uh, a plan for the day that the medicine will be made available. But after, on the fourth session, um, medicine is administered. Um, and that's a day-long session with two therapists in the room. Um, in the protocol that we currently use for the trials, there are then that's sort of repeated three times. There are three integration sessions that are hour and a half with no medicine after the first day-long session with the medicine, and then another day-long session, and then three integration, a day-long session, and then three termination or final sort of conclusion visits. And how long does that take in total? That can take about three months, three to four months, typically. So let's say, let's say California, you know, let's say this is the first step 
and the governor signed yeah. this bill legalizing certain psychedelics for adult use. Um, and, you know, let's say I live in a state like Tennessee, which does not have, it has, has not given me access even, you know, in the future, a couple of years down the road. Is it possible to have Zoom therapy sessions with your psychotherapist and then travel to the state, have the day-long session, go back, do the Zoom sessions at home, and go back and forth a few times? The answer to that is that we don't know yet. The bill won't impact MDMA treatment. The path that MDMA is going down is not included in the current SB 58 bill. That's a different process. And so the FDA will have to determine how, what restrictions, what risk mitigation, what evaluation strategies that they would like, should they reschedule MDMA as a medicine? So Brooke, no, let me, let me ask you this, you know, I know there you talk a little bit about ketamine. I know psilocybin mushrooms have been affected for things like smoking cessation and, um, you know, curbing cravings for alcohol and various other drugs. Is MDMA the gold standard? It is. Is it the most effective psychedelic you have for PTSD? Based on the outcomes of the clinical trials right now, yes. But that's also because we have the most data on that. And I really want to name that we still don't have a lot of data. How this looks in the world will determine that truth in the future. Even when you enroll clinical trials, and these are pretty robust, strict, real science that we're doing here, but it's still only been a few hundred people in phase three, a few thousand people over the last 20 years have been participating in these trials. So, you know, fingers crossed this gets rescheduled. We could have thousands of people within the first year after rescheduling and the, and the outcomes might look really different. And so, you know, the scientist in me really says, we don't know yet. We don't know what the government will require in regards to provision of this. And we don't know how it's really going to land in the quote unquote real world outside of the very controlled world of clinical trials. So Dr. Marta, do you communicate with um, care providers in Mexico? Because I've talked to Marcus Capone and I know that uh, he's been very proactive in getting uh, veterans with PTSD to different countries where they have access to treatment and medication that we don't in this country. So do are, are there therapists and doctors in the U.S. who talk with their counterparts in maybe Costa Rica or Mexico or Peru and, you know, do you discuss results and protocols there? Um, you know, as long as there's uh, an actual clinical trial that's been done, that's what the whole scientific community is about, right? Like, if they're uh, act, able to do an actual, like, well-designed uh, clinical trial and publish that data, everyone has access to that information. And there certainly is, you know, communication between the larger, like, world community of psychedelic providers I don't personally interact with a lot of the people in Mexico and Peru who are providing things that are in like a gray area, um, just because I'm, we're conducting the, you know, FDA and DEA oversight, you know, clinical trials here in the U.S. So there isn't, there's, and the, the trials that we're conducting have a really like set protocol in the way in which the, these, you know, for the MDMA trial, there's a very specific way that we use it. There's a very specific therapy model. But in establishing those therapy models, there was a lot of drawing upon sort of wisdom traditions of all sorts mm -hmm. to create those therapy models in the beginning. So is it a bad look 
if if someone from the FDA or the DEA comes and you know starts reading your emails, if you're talking to other people who have a loosey goosey system, or do you just think that what they're offering won't be as scientifically based and as comprehensive as what you will ultimately shepherd in in the United States? I think it would be different. You know, like we are certainly like very rigidly providing. Uh, specific doses of MDMA for a specific condition called PTSD, right? And PTSD is even very strictly defined in these trials. And a lot of times, and this isn't just in other countries, this is also in the United States, when something actually, when you're in sort of, you know, the, the wilds of actual clinical practice, uh, you may make all kinds of treatment decisions based on evidence and information that you have in different ways. Like someone with PTSD, even though you know, I mentioned there were the two SSRIs that are approved for PTSD and, you know, that we used a lot in the VA. We didn't just use those. We also used other things that were for the, the nightmares. And so a lot of what is coming out of people who are trying to find ways to practice, like applying psychedelics as a treatment in other uh, scenarios mm-hmm. is there's mixing and matching. Like it, it, it just is a different thing than what we're doing in the clinical trials. There, there's combination of different psychedelics. Uh, the doses may vary. Uh, they're not, they're not sort of required in a way that we are to adhere to a specific model. So let's let's pretend this is like a hurricane track, Brooke, yeah. and 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 mm-hmm. we're trying to forecast what's going to happen based on the wind speeds and the path it's traveled so far. Where do you see um, MDMA? and psychotherapy in the next year, in the next five years? I think that it's likely with a lot of unknowns along the way that a year from now, we could be having a very different conversation about actually implementing in coming months. And then I think in the few years after that, we'll get a sense of how this really lands, what what happened in the trials that was successful, what needs to be adjusted. And, and right behind that, we're looking at potentially a rescheduling of psilocybin for depression, um, who knows what else, LSD perhaps for anxiety, you mentioned the smoking cessation, there's eating disorders, research happening. So all of that within the medical piece of the, of the pie the whole pie being the ways that humans use psychedelics. And so I think that we're really looking at a potential tide change with new innovative treatments for the first time in decades for things like PTSD and depression. And what kind of impact would that have on society? Would it be like um, the uh, psychedelic psychiatric version of Ozempic? Yeah, it could be. I mean, that's almost what's happening with ketamine already, because ketamine is scheduled three, so it can be bought for dep- and it's and it's an effective treatment for depression right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, there are people keeping their eye on that. You know, maybe maybe Ozempic is one. Um, you know, maybe oxycodone, oxycodone or the opiate epidemic is another. When we're looking at the potential dangers that we just don't know yet. Um, and yeah. and Dr. Cole Marta, before we conclude. How much hope should people gather from, you know, and a lot of people are hearing about this for the first time. You know, they don't know that this exists. How much hope is there for people who have suffered for so long? I mean, I mean, this is absolutely like a the potential revolution in psychiatry. You know, we haven't had a lot of groundbreaking new treatments in psychiatry, none you know, no, no significant like new whole ways of doing psychiatry in decades. So 
even the, with the ketamine in the last five, 10 years, that's working in a completely different way than all of the medicines that we've been working with for a long time. And psychedelic assisted psychotherapy is a very exciting re sort of remarrying of psych of medicine and therapy together again, which has always been a gold standard. I think the big challenge is going to be the implementation because of the resources involved in combining those two. But there's a lot of reason for hope. There are a lot of other, this opens the door to an entire class, new, new classes of drugs that have potential benefit for treatments that are, you know, have been historically very, very stubborn. Well, you, uh, you've been listening to the co-founders of the California Center for Psychedelic Therapy. I agree. I think there is hope and the data will bear that out. It's not just going to be word of mouth. It's not just going to be anecdotal. This is rooted in uh, some hard-fought science. So, Cole Marta and Brooke right. Belliott, thank you so much for your time and for joining this podcast. Very informational. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you both. See? We're, we're <laughs> truly going to save the world. This has been mm-hmm. Kennedy we're Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.